Hi, this is Maya Dimishkovich and welcome to the Hidden Gem Podcast. One of the key priorities for many, if not all, community colleges is to create a great experience throughout the entire student journey. From the moment the prospective student finds first about the college to making the decision to enroll, completing their program of study, graduating and beyond. This careful and intentional management of the process is crucial and it impacts almost all success metrics of the college. So in this episode, I sit down with David Ferguson from Foresight Technical College, where we discuss how his institution has successfully reimagined the student discovery and inquiry stages of the process. This overhaul at his college was strategically implemented not just to streamline college resource and marketing effectiveness, but also to significantly boost student satisfaction. So let's get started. Welcome to The Hidden Gem, your go-to podcast that shines a spotlight on the strategic role of marketing and communications in shaping the future of community colleges. I'm your host, Maya Dimishkovich, CMO at Carroll Community College. Every week, I sit down with community college leaders and industry experts to unpack strategies that work. We'll discuss practical insights and success stories to help you elevate your institution's profile and achieve your strategic goals. Tune in to amplify your community college's success, one conversation at a time. The Hidden Gem is part of the Enrollify Network, a robust collection of podcasts designed to help higher education professionals like you grow. Explore our other shows at enrollify.org or check out some of my personal favorites linked in the show notes below. Enrollify is made possible by Element 451, the leading AI-powered all-in-one student engagement platform helping institutions create meaningful, personalized, and engaging interactions with students. Learn more at element451.com. And let's get started. Devin, and welcome to the Hidden Jam podcast. Hi, Maya. I am so, so honored to be here talking with you today. I'm very excited to have you. You're a great marketer. You love technology as much as I do. The whole chat GPT and AI, it's very exciting. Uh, But you're also just a fun person to be around. You have this I don't know, this positive attitude about you, and it's very contagious. So I just love talking to you. So thank you. You're so sweet. That's so nice. Um, I really appreciate it. You know, some people, um, have you you ever heard of those um, Clifton Strengths? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So one of my Clifton Strengths is positivity. So there you go. See, I knew it. You knew knew it. Um, and it's very cool. You was just you were just sharing before we started the recording some great news for your college. Yeah, do you want to share them more broadly? Absolutely. I uh, okay. It's it's something that that we are really really we have a great team that that work in grants and science, and so we were just um, we were visited by the first lady of the United States, Dr. Jill Biden, 
as she came to our campus to announce that we had won uh, one of the National Science Foundation's engine grants. So about $30 million between uh, our college and Wake Forest University Institute of Regenerative Medicine uh, for biotech. It's it's really, really exciting. Um, it was a cool experience. Um, side note, uh, we, we did have our a schedule to do this podcast last week, but I, you know, I'm so Maya. That's okay. You're never. Gonna, I forgive you. You're never going to let me, <laughs> you know, get over this, right? <laughs> yeah. But these are these are such exciting news, and congratulations! Thank That's you. a big a big deal. So, congrats again. I appreciate you it. have so you have so much exciting stuff happening for you. Another exciting thing or interesting thing about you is your title. So your title is executive director of marketing and student care and at first when i heard your title i thought that you must be working for a very small community college you know where people usually have long titles Mm -hmm. with many different functions often unrelated to each other but then i found out that's not the case for you so i thought maybe we start by explaining how that came about marketing and student care really there might be some preconceived notions about what is student care and then how does it combine with with marketing and Mm so one thing that that we realized um was that we were doing a really good job of filling the funnel with students but it it kind of became like a black hole when there's no follow-up or when there's, there's no one to answer the question or when a student reaches out to your institution, but then they're bounced around from department to department Mm -hmm. and and there's no real clear answer. We looked at industry. We looked at the way that students um, have customer experience, you know, in, in the real world outside of higher ed. And, and that's not the way that it is with, with other corporations or with other, um, you know, service providers. Um, so we wanted to create a, a customer service, a student-centric mm-hmm. customer service model uh, within our marketing department that would, that would basically take, it would basically deepen the funnel. It would take the student mm-hmm. not just from prospect uh, to applicant, uh, you know, in, in those harsh linear ways, but would um, help shepherd the, the student and, and answer any questions wherever they are. It really honestly is based, uh, it's rooted in, in this idea of equity, you know, meeting mm-hmm. the student where they are and helping provide them um, with support um, no matter where they are in the journey um, without having to, to cause friction mm-hmm. for the student. Right. No, I think that's Friction is a big problem for many schools, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. (laughs) So we're all trying to create an experience where it's Mm student-centric, where we don't have to send them in different directions and try to hunt for those answers. Mm -hmm. But, And I think that's so cool about this integration is you are not just handling marketing and communications for your institutions, but you are in a way the face of the first impression, right? right? When anyone comes to campus, you're the first one to greet them, to answer any questions, uh, to take them to the department they need to go. Um, And I think that's very cool because like you said, you do deepen this funnel Mm -hmm. and you have more ownership in 
what type of students you bring to the college, but also how they experience the college at the very start. Absolutely. So that's a that's a very cool model. Well, thank you. And, and it's one of those things, like we know as marketers, we understand that the best type of marketing is word of mouth marketing, right? Like it, it's, it's that human person telling you, this is a really good product. This is a really good place. Mm -hmm. And if we want to have... Uh, students that have good experiences, that have a positive experience, that that can you know share that positive experience, then that helps us as marketers for our college. I love what you mentioned about sort of being like the front door of 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 the college in a way, and it it kind of brings me back to sort of a philosophy that I have that everyone on your college campus is a marketer in a way like mm -hmm. the people mm -hmm. that cut the grass, uh, you know, are helping uh, with the image and the perception of your college and your university or your university. Um, and so it, it's just this, this holistic approach of like making sure that people have a really, really good seamless experience and they're able to get the support and the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't agree more because it's not just a one department's job. Just like marketing mm -hmm. is everyone's job, so is student experience. Yes. Because they experience the college in so many different ways, from faculty, from to paying the bills, to going to events. So it takes all of us to create an amazing experience and make sure they enjoy it and they feel like they belong at our institution. Absolutely. Right? Because they stay with us for a while, not just you know, a year and go. Sometimes it's up to six years or more. Exactly. And, you know, if, if we're doing a good job with that student life cycle, like we want to, to like they're alumni, you know what I mean? Like we want, mm -hmm. we want them to stay engaged with our, with our college and with our campus. I know that community colleges probably have a, a, a much more, I feel like they have a much more fractured donor base or alumni base than, than some universities. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's an area of improvement that we can we can work on. And and the more that we start to uh, reduce the friction um, between these yep. points, I think I think the better that we we will be with that student life cycle. So last time we spoke, you told me that you take this concierge approach. And when students come in, instead of sending them to an office, you lead them to that office and you introduce them to the person in that office. And. The same week, I had somebody from advising come up to me and say, hey, you know, we, we, we need a better map of our first floor of the building because right now we can't give a map to the student and send them to a different department. Right now, we have to actually walk them to that department. Uh -huh. And I'm like, oh, my God, maybe... Maybe you should continue doing that. I Maybe I shouldn't be. <laughs> I shouldn't create a map. For Throw you. all Maybe the maps away. <laughs> Maybe that's exactly an additional touch point, an additional moment to show how much you care about a student that you personally walk them over to financial aid office or to pay the bill or whatever it is. Yes. So I just remembered our conversation. And I'm like, hmm, huh. should I submit this request? Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is, that is funny. That is funny. And, and you, it's that personal touch that people will remember. I have, you know, we have events a lot of times and our student care reps, um, are, are there to help facilitate, check people in or, or whatnot. And I get 
you know, compliments all the time uh, from students, uh, especially students that, you know, maybe are adult learners that, that, you know, they've, they've been around, they have maybe have had a poor experience at a college or university prior. They're, they're like, oh my goodness, like you, you, you guys are so helpful. You're so friendly. You're so warm. And, and that's really the way that we want people to feel when they, when they mm-hmm. walk into Forsyth Tech stores or when they walk out of Forsyth Tech stores, um, that, that, right. that they really are cared for. Mm-hmm. They must have known about your Clifford strengths, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you're like a perfect person for this job <laughs> with your positive attitude. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, now let's talk a little bit about how do you measure the, the results and how do you know that this integration of two departments actually works and yeah. makes sense? Um, what can you share there? Absolutely. So a couple of things that, that you know, from a, from a metric standpoint that I can point to um, is, is the amount of, of students that we have this semester. Um, like I said, we, we've been doing this for about a year and a half, and we've had almost a 10% increase in enrollment this semester from last spring. Uh, That's great. And and it's not just one team. It's not just marketing that made that happen. You know, if we didn't have amazing advisors that were working and meeting with with students and helping them choose a degree or or the, the classes that they need to succeed or amazing financial aid counselors that were in there helping students figure out ways to afford their education, like this, the, these these things would not be possible. So so don't hear mm-hmm. me don't hear me like taking the credit for um, for this. But uh, that that's one piece that we've seen. Now here here's something that we also keep track of. Um, we keep track of like our phone uh, volume. So like how many mm-hmm. calls are we, are we getting? How many how many inbound calls are there? What is our answer rate? What is our rate mm-hmm. of first time call uh, uh, solving the issue. You know what I mean? There's a, there's another term for that. Um, I'll have to, um, I'll put it in the notes or something I'll, I'll okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone listening to this podcast. Yeah. I'll, I'll find the word for that and, and I'll get back with you. But uh, you know, like we, we want to make sure that whenever a student calls, like we're, we're, we're making sure that within that first call, we can actually give them a solution rather than prolonging that. Now that's not always mm-hmm. possible. And there are things that we do have to escalate. You know, um, the student care representatives have um, a vast uh, array of information that they uh, have to know. But we try to, to basically solve about 80% of all inquiries without escalating to, you know, a higher department or a, mm-hmm. a or, or a different department that, that they're actually needing, needing, um, you know, a solution from. So I'll, I'll tell you one thing that has uh, been really, really impressive to me. And, and this is all our student care uh, team because they're the, they're the amazing people that, that are doing this work every single day. Um, we have gone in in over uh, in, in the year. We have gone from a fifty three percent answer rate mm-hmm. to an eighty five percent answer rate, and so we have we have students that are that are calling and and they're they're actually you know they're not just 
going around the phone tree, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. just like pressing numbers yeah. and being sent to department to department. It all is filtered into one thing. Um, we've got, we call it our contact center. That's a part of the student care. So the, the you know, within that contact center there, people are answering phones, people are answering chats that come in, um, on the mm -hmm. website. They're answering text messages through our CRM. They're answering email, uh, inquiries, you know, info at forsythetech.edu. Um, all yeah. of those sort of general email accounts all sort of filter into one singular place. This also is really helpful for us whenever it comes to like providing consistent information, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it, it helps us really consolidate that. And, and I think because we have, we have really, really worked hard uh, to, to bolster this department that our students have seen that. And, and it's, it's resulted in, in, a really great enrollment, great call volume uh, and call answer mm -hmm. rate increases that, that we've been able to do because we have people dedicated to, yeah. to doing that. Yeah. I wonder, like I know we do um, a cost student satisfaction survey every mm -hmm. year. I'm sure you guys do the same. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it changed maybe from year to year, if they're more satisfied with the onboarding experience. Um, I don't know if you've seen a difference and noticed an impact. Yeah. So I haven't, we haven't sent out a survey like that at this moment, but you mm -hmm. know what? I, I think I should write that down, uh, Maya. Yeah, and yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> see, talk to your research team, see if they can add it to the questionnaire. Absolutely. And see, this is the reason that I love talking with you, Maya, because yeah. you, you are, you ask such good questions and you have such great insight and uh you really help stretch you know what i mean um so so thank you thank you oh, yeah thank you yeah, of course I appreciate it. <laughs> so that's amazing um and then as i was thinking about this approach <clears throat> another benefit that i saw and i know we talk a lot about before you start crafting any communications mm -hmm. or any marketing campaign you really need to understand your target audience who is that person? What are the struggles? What are the concerns, uh, barriers, etc.? Mm -hmm. And many colleges don't really know who they serve, uh, and marketing might not have done the research they need, or maybe they don't have students they have access to. But in your case, you have access to students all day long, right. right? So you know exactly what types of questions they want to know answers to. You know what their struggles are. And not only you understand them better, but you can make immediate changes mm -hmm. in your marketing campaigns, in your communications, on the website. Yes. Um, have you noticed that? Absolutely. So uh, mm -hmm. one, and I think this is probably the most, the most, um, real time example that that we have it is our web chat so uh you know we have an ai chat bot uh and it's it's based on open ai's uh, chat gpt it's through our crm but it doesn't always know the answer so mm -hmm. when it doesn't know the answer it gives the option would you like to speak with someone um and then, you know, if the, if the student says, yeah, or the, per, the visitor on our website says yes, uh, it, it connects them with one of our student care representatives. Hey, it's Maya Dimeshkovich. Exciting news. I will be at the Engage Summit in Riley on June 25th and 26th, and I would love to meet you there. 
hosted by Element 451, the Engage Summit is your roadmap for AI readiness in higher education. Sessions will focus on cutting-edge AI applications that are reshaping student outreach, enhancing staff productivity, and offering deep insights into ROI. It is a dynamic blend of theory and practice, and it isn't your typical conference. Think of it as a two-day masterclass where marketers and enrollment managers come together to learn how to respond to the radical changes in AI and its transformative potential. Forget yawning through the sessions or clearing out your inbox. This event will provide inspirational programming, truly tactical takeaways, and best-in-class networking opportunities. Oh, and the best part, the Engage Summit is incredibly affordable. Use the discount code ENROLLIFY50 and you can register for just $99. So join me and many of my fellow Enrollify network creators at the Engage Summit this June. Learn more and register at engage.element451.com. We can't wait to see you there. Every time someone, uh, there's the, that's what we call a knowledge gap. Every time there's a knowledge gap, it's not able to answer the question because it's pulling information from our website. We get, we get to notify our knowledge management specialist who then mm -hmm. can go and say, oh, wait, we've had a lot of people ask this question, this particular question. Maybe it's not clear. Maybe it's not clear on mm -hmm. the website. Maybe, maybe this is something that we need to do a social media push about. Oh, the bookstore is closed today or, or whatever it may be. You know, there's a plethora of examples, but a lot of marketing teams sort of function as uh, non-student facing, mm -hmm. which is, which is valid. Um, but this has given us a window into student facing. It's yeah. like right outside of our front door mm -hmm. where we can, we can really, um, see what students are asking questions about what students need help with mm -hmm. how we can support um you know communicate uh, to our students engage with our students even even um more rapidly yeah no, i think this is a, a huge benefit um on my campus i do have access to students we have student workers in my office yeah. and we ask them tons of questions <laughs> but i remember working for an online university where we didn't have a physical location or campus. And I remember doing a lot of listening sessions with our enrollment advisors. So I would sit down with them and just listen to their conversations mm -hmm. with the prospective students and take note of the questions, um, maybe help figure out a better positioning for the program or address uh, missing information on the website. So it was super helpful. So. Even if you don't have a setup like Devin, which, you know, this model might not work for all the institutions, Absolutely. right? Mm -hmm. So make sure <laughs> you find a way to gain the insights and information and talk to your advising and admission team to see what kind of questions people are asking. This is so important. I, I love that, Maya. And, and I think if, if I didn't have our student care team leveraging like what you mentioned leveraging your advising your admissions your recruitment team um, to help get real-time insight about what students are needing uh, or, or how they mm -hmm. are consuming information or whatnot is a really great really great advice another um, benefit that i see for this model is 
as a marketing communication department, you're responsible for brand awareness, mm -hmm. lead generation, um, engagement of um, your external audiences. And I think it's very cool that you actually get to see the leads and the people you bring to campus. And maybe that allows you to make adjustments to your campaign to say, hey, we are trying to promote this program, but for some reason we're getting people for these programs. Have you noticed anything like this? Or were you able to make any adjustments maybe to your messaging or campaigns or anything like that? Yeah. So you're, you're exactly right. So I'd mentioned earlier that, that this was kind of like a deepening of the funnel, but on the upper end of the funnel, it gives us a lot more insight and tie back to say, okay, what is working? Where did this student come from? And, and, and how have they, uh, you know, made it through the funnel? Um, so we're able to, mm -hmm. to look and, and tie that back as far as being able to see like, oh, you know, I just put out a campaign about health sciences and that is blowing up. Uh, people are, are really interested, but then wait a second, they're, they're not actually matriculating. What, what mm -hmm. is happening that helped us say, oh, well, we need, we need our student care representatives need to have a little bit more information about some of the competitive admissions that the health mm -hmm. sciences have. So we were able to add that to our student care knowledge base. So then they were able to talk uh, more eloquently about some of the, some of the, yeah. the requirements for some of our health science programs. Um, one thing that, that we have worked really hard on, like, like I'd mentioned, we, we have a lot of information for our student care reps that it's impossible to onboard somebody and say, okay, welcome. Hey, is this your first time working in higher ed? Okay. I need you to learn everything about our college. Uh, and you got a week, you know, um, that's just, it's not realistic. It's not, it's not possible. Um, it's, it's yeah. So, so we realized that we needed to have a really, really extensive knowledge base and we, we didn't, just need to build a knowledge base. It, it's not something that you can just build and forget about, but it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a living, breathing organism. It's something mm -hmm. that, that changes all the time and, and needs a little bit of constant upkeep to make sure that information is still accurate or, you know, when new mm -hmm. programs or initiatives or things happen that we're able to make sure that that is updated and, and, Incorrect. So uh, we were able to uh, work with our our cabinet to to get a position approved to to have a knowledge management specialist. So someone whose mm -hmm. whose role is to build the knowledge base that we have. You know, regularly meet with on campus partners to make sure. Hey, is your are is is this up to date? Are there are there other pieces that we need? That person mm -hmm. also is, is almost like a liaison between student care and those um, organizations to say, or not organizations, those other uh, campus partners to say, hey, we're getting a lot of questions about the new FAFSA. Um, yeah. And so we need to add some of those things. How can we, can you help me build that into our knowledge base? Um, you know, I'd mentioned the, uh, the knowledge gaps that we have with our, with our web chat. Whenever something like that happens, a student care rep actually has to go in and answer a question. 
they tag our knowledge management specialist who then can go and add it to our AI chatbots knowledge base as well. So um, that has been something really, really crucial for the success of our student care team. Now I'm thinking I need a knowledge base. <laughs> I think every college needs needs a knowledge base. I can see how useful it could be because right now, like let's say I need information about the new FAFSA. Mm-hmm. I would go to financial aid office to confirm the information I have, or I will go to advising to confirm what they have. So in a way, my department serves as a liaison. Yeah right? Mm -hmm. Trying to collect this information. So having a dedicated person collecting and organizing all of this would be super amazing and useful for everyone. Absolutely. And and also this person's role, uh, you know, one way, some people, you know, may think, oh, well, that's like a heavy lift initially for the project, but is that really a full-time position moving forward? Um, So a a piece of that person's role is also making sure that the information on our website is accurate. How many times, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, we have as marketers, we have so many priorities. We have so many things that are happening. You know, we, we, we have social media, we have press, we have uh, our website. And then like, something has the wrong date on it and then we're like thrown mm-hmm. under the bus for like ha- you know not not changing the date or not seeing the date on one of the 3000 pages that we have on our website um and, and it's just like ah oh, no i can't believe like like i let that happen so th- this person their role is also to ensure that the the information on our website is updated and accurate um, which has been really, really helpful for us because if, if you're a larger school or like you don't even have to be a large school, any school, like yeah, you've got many, many pages on those websites and it's hard to make sure that everything is always accurate. So um, it's been, mm-hmm. it's been really beneficial. I do. I do like the centralized approach. Uh, it's very helpful. And for some reason, it takes me back again to this online university that I used to work for. And I remember we used to do train the trainer. So we would train a person like the one you have. Mm-hmm. What's the title? A knowledge management specialist. So I was a brand manager for School of Business and Technology. So I would come to this person and I would train them everything they need to know about our programs, etc. And they will take it back to their team, the enrollment team, mm-hmm. uh, and then train them so they know how to answer questions. And then sometimes we would have program directors come in and provide more in-depth information about courses, et cetera. So it seems like a like a, a great it was a great approach. Yeah, so, sounds like something that you are building and trying to to do. Absolutely. In this position, we you know it started about six months ago, um, so it's 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 fairly new, but mm-hmm. so far it's been really really well received. And you know, like I mentioned earlier as well, you know we took this model kind of from industry. Um, you know, I did a lot before we started the the student care team, I did a lot of training on like call center training and contact center training. And this was just something that, that most people advocated for because, um, you know, uh, whenever it comes to customer service, there, there's a plethora of questions that could happen. And, and this was just something that, that was born out of that, out of the, out of industry. 
I mean, yeah, why not rely on somebody who's done a good job yep. prior to you? Exactly. <laughs> and take it. Right. That's a smart way to go. Um, and then another thing I wanted to mention that I love about this approach is, of course, access to students, but also ability to identify great stories <laughs> uh, and disseminate them because we know how important it is storytelling and showing our students and their successes um, and very often it's hard to find those students mm -hmm. because we don't see them uh, or we don't get the referrals from faculty and staff so for you having this access again i i would imagine really helps in this regard absolutely it's one of those things where especially so you know, we have people also at front desk. So it's not just, you know, on the phone or in a contact center or, you know, behind a computer. So, so you know, our student care representatives, like a, a student is coming to class, you know, all semester, they get to know our students and, and they're that friendly mm -hmm. face that's that's helping them. They they know those those individuals. And so they're able to, you know, build relationships with students help encourage, oh, you got a big test today. Oh man, I hope you do great. You know, <laughs> they're able to encourage them. And then, yeah, they're, they're, they are like, they're like the little, uh, you know, ears on the ground, you know, like, like listening for things. And, and it's like a bartender, you know, yeah. how bartenders know all the stories. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's your care team. That's right. That's right. You know what? Some yeah. of them may, you, you know, if they hear this, they may start advocating for like a bar behind the, the I mean, <laughs> why not? Right. They deserve yeah. it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, that's, that's very cool. So any challenges? that you've identified during this process, anything you want to share and maybe share how the strategy might have evolved since two years ago, yeah. almost two mm -hmm. years almost ago. Almost two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely challenges there. There is, um, and, and we're still, I, I want to reiterate Maya that, that we're still learning and growing and, and we're not where we you know, want to eventually be like we have, we want to increase our, our numbers and increase our, our employees and, and the, the services that we provide and the knowledge that we have and, and, uh, you know, ways that we can make the student experience better. So, so we haven't arrived for psych tech hasn't arrived at this moment. Like we are, we are still, um, you know, we're, we're still learning. Uh, and that, that's, that's, uh, that's big for me. Um, but one of the challenges that we've had is, you know, to make this work, we've had to start small, you know, it, mm -hmm. we weren't able to, to staff every front desk at first because there is a substantial human resource that is, is needed for this. So we have a, uh, director of student care who reports to me, uh, and then we have a coordinator uh, under him, and then we've got about 13 student care representatives. Mm -hmm. uh, and and the way that the student care uh, team, it, you know, they, they rotate. So they rotate between um, several front desks, uh, and then some will be in in our, our contact center. So we have a campus that, that we've you know, created like a, you know, the, the call center, if you, if you will, but uh, we call it mm -hmm. a contact center because it's not just calls. They're doing emails, they're doing, you know, chat and text and, and things of that nature. And, and the reason that we rotate our student care reps, you know, it's not just, you know, this one person, their only front desk and this one person, their only the call center is because, you know, what if someone's sick? 
what if someone mm-hmm. can't can't come to work that day? And then we we send someone to a to a new campus that they've never experienced, they've never been in. So we, we keep rotating our, our student care up so they have you know a little bit of knowledge of every every area, mm-hmm. and and it's not something where they just sort of dust that off. So that that's about the size of our team. Um, we we basically the way that we determined like this is the need that we have is we we looked at a couple call center calculators. So. You can Google that. You can find them online. And basically, if you just take and say, okay, this is the amount of call volume that we have, you know, and we can see mm-hmm. that our ITS team, you know, provided us the, the average numbers of calls that we have. Here are the average numbers of calls. Here's my answer rate percentage that I want to get. And then it'll let you know, like, okay, here's how many people that you need. Here's how many full-time people mm-hmm. you need. We mm-hmm. were not able to... Ha- like say, okay, we've got, we got 13 open positions, you know, at, at one time, it was something that we had to build up to. And we had to, you know, show that this was something that was beneficial. One, mm-hmm. one way that we did this was we started to absorb helping uh, information from different areas. So like, okay, we're going to start taking all of student successes calls. So that that's like our advising mm-hmm. team. Like we're, we're going to, we're mm-hmm. going to handle your walk-in traffic and we're going to handle your calls. Well, they have two administrative positions, right? So we were able to say, okay, this, these administrative positions are going to shift over to student care and start working in, in that respect. So that we're still doing that. Oh, financial aid, we're adding financial aid. We're going to be taking their calls, absorbing their calls. Okay. Well that there's one administrative position that can move over mm-hmm. to student care. So it was a little bit of reallocating that we had to do, uh, you know, organizationally, but also we were able to show need and then, uh, got, got approval for, you know, um, a couple of uh, positions and then, you know, Oh, here's a part-time position that will, that will give mm-hmm. you. And then that could be built to a full-time position. So it's been, it's not been something that's been like sudden. We, we decided that we wanted to do this and then, you know, we were gifted, you know, all these open seats. That's, that's not reality. Um, that didn't happen. No, it did not happen overnight. <laughs> wow, I know okay. it, it's a shock. I mean, usually at community yeah, colleges. Yeah, yeah. Like we just, I know. Yeah. <laughs> throw out the money for that. I know. Um, so uh, it was, it was definitely something that we've had to work toward, but, but that's been a mm-hmm. challenge. That's been a challenge. Um, you know, for, for a while there, it was like, it was stressful. Like we, we, we didn't have enough staff and we weren't able to have like the best answer rate. Um, yeah. But, but we, we've grown into that and, and we've gotten more efficient um, and, and better. Another challenge that we've had is, is also in the human resource side is that, um, you know, our, our student care representative position, because they are learning so much information about the college, uh, what, what ends up happening is they, um, they're, they're amazing. They're wonderful people. They, they get to know for site tech, they get to know people and then a position in, in financial aid opens and they apply uh-huh. for it and they're a shoe in because they know, like, like we know them, they know that this person's a, a great employee. They, they, they have institutional history. They obviously have knowledge of, of some of the things. And so they, they, they leave student care and they, they, they move up within the organization. Um, so that has been something like, I feel like a lot of times we, 
we do have like, okay, there's one open position. We're, we're, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. Mm-hmm. So um, those, those have definitely been, been challenges that we've had. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you found a way to figure it out yeah. and grow your team and continue to provide amazing services to your students. And I'm sure other departments appreciate it. Advising and financial aid, they don't have to deal with this Ex- <laughs> anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They can just focus on, on their job. 100%. And, and, and that's, that's another great part of this is like, you know, we're putting, we're putting teams on our college to their highest and best use, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, like you meant, that's a great, great point. Um, financial aid is, is able to actually work equitably and help people that, really, really need help with, with financial, like they're, you know, if they, if they really have a lot of questions or there's, you know, intense confusion around it, which obviously if you know anything about the new FAFSA, there's a lot of confusion, right. you know, well, no, one, no one knows exactly. anything about new FAFSA. Right, right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but they're able to like, you know, sit, they're not having to sit there and say, Hey, what's the financial aid school, co- FAFSA school code and answer that. Mm-hmm. They, they can they can work on like okay let let let's say like oh my parent doesn't have a social security number how do how do I move through that and how do I how do I navigate financial aid um, with those right. problems um, always learning always learning thanks again and that's a wrap of today's episode before we part here are some key takeaways first remember that making our students feel at home is on all of us here on campus. It's about creating an environment where everyone feels empowered to chip in and make a difference. Next, let's not shy away from mixing things up a bit. Let's get creative about how we use our resources to really support our students' journeys. And lastly, improving the student experience, it's not a one-off. It's a steady, thoughtful effort that needs all hands on deck from every corner of the college. And in today's story, David was at the forefront championing for a more effective and efficient way to welcome students. But of course, this change would not be possible without leadership endorsement and support. So you, as college leaders, are called to not only be supportive and receptive to initiatives like this, but also proactively lead them. By the nature of your position as leaders of the college, you have a unique, comprehensive view of the college's operations to spearhead change and ensure its integration across the institution. I hope you keep these takeaways in mind and let's continue amplifying the success of community colleges together, one conversation at a time. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it valuable. Let's keep this conversation going on LinkedIn at Maya Dimishkovich. I would love to hear your thoughts, questions, and suggestions for what you'd like to see next on this podcast. Remember, by tuning in to The Hidden Gem, you're not just listening to a podcast. You are joining a movement of amplifying community college's success. Don't miss out. Subscribe to this podcast and notifications about our future episodes. Share it with your colleagues and college leaders to help make our colleges stand out. Together, let's make an impact. The Hidden Gem is part of the Enrollify podcast network. 
If you like this podcast, chances are you will like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month. And we've got a plethora of marketing, enrollment, and higher education technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks, all designed to empower you to be a better higher ed professional. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea and feature selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Jamie Hunt, Jenny Fowler, Eddie Francis, Brian Gross, and so many other of your favorite leaders in higher ed. Enrollify is made possible by Element 451, the leading AI-powered all-in-one student engagement platform helping institutions create meaningful, personalized, and engaging interactions with students. Learn more at element451.com.